0: talking all things training, sport, performance, and business, and covering the most important topics to enhance your training and better your career. I'm your host, Jared Filippo, and this is Muscles in Management, brought to you by Challenger Strength, where we build your body and your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of Muscles in Management, where I am pissed the fuck off. So, (laughs) with that being said... Um, and I'm just I'm a little fired up because I actually went over um, to an Instagram page that I'm going to use as a reference for this episode, and I'm reading uh, and, and looking at more things that are just making me you know angrier as I go. My blood pressure is through the roof. Uh, it doesn't help that I had a coffee with an espresso shot. Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty electric right now, if I may say so myself. Um, so yeah, we're here. We're we're talking why I'm against uh, unstable surface training as a means of, and trust me, I'm doing gigantically big air quotes right now as i speak um you know sports specific training so what why i'm against it um if it's done outside of the realm of rehabilitation for a lower body injury uh and i'll get to that a little bit it's not something i'm an expert on is i'm not a pt by any means but uh i do work with some pts and i know there are there is some benefit uh to doing it for those purposes and i'll cover that because i want to be fair here um i will say in the instance that i'm referring to and i'm going to really bring this up, I'm not hiding behind anything, uh, I don't think it's being used, I know it's not being used for that purpose, uh, it, it's being used for all the wrong reasons, and quite frankly, it's it's very annoying, and it's it's a shame that uh, things like this are still being done, and, and still thought to be effective by a lot of people that see uh, these videos get posted on social media, it's very unfortunate. Without further ado, uh, the video that kind of prompted this whole rant, and there have been others before, but this one kind of got a lot of attention Due to the fact that it was uh, performed by a uh, all-pro running back in the NFL, uh, Alvin Kamara from the Saints, uh, great athlete. I am mean, just you know, preface this entire episode saying this has nothing to do with him. Not a knock on him at all. Um, he's spectacular. I guess the only knock I would have on him is just to you know do better due diligence on who you're training with, um, and, and what you're doing for your uh, for your training per se. But you know, it's not your fault. So um, you know, shout out to him. He's a phenomenal athlete. Um, Obviously, he has no clue who I am, so <laughs> I just want to give him his props. But um, all right, so as I'm sure a lot of you who are listening have seen, there's this ridiculous video where this dude's balancing on a physio ball while this guy is tossing him colored sticks. Yeah, no, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. Um, I basically I was sent this video by an athlete of mine. Um, who is basically acknowledging like he, everyone who I train knows my opinion and my feeling on uh, my feelings on these type of activities. So he sent it to me as more of like a kind of get me angry type of thing. Um, I ended up posting it kind of like giving my uh, opinion on you know why I don't like it and everything like that. Um, basically, like I said, he's balancing on this ball. Uh, And the guy's tossing him these, uh, I guess, I I think it's like a three-pronged stick, so to speak. I don't really know what you would call these tools. Um, One one side of it is red, one's blue, and one's white. And you can kind of, like, grab and hold on to them if you're getting a visual here. Um, I I think right off the bat, my main issue, and I went over to Instagram to check out the further, like, the bigger caption on this. Uh, My main issue, and... Wow, I'm even angering myself even more because now I'm going on his Instagram and I'm seeing that it's on like NFL Network and stuff. Just all the wrong stuff getting attention, but that's besides the point. Um, The main issue that I have right off the bat with this is the beginning of the caption um, with the exercise was, I'm running out of ways to challenge you. Um, I think it's unfortunate that that would be the first thought for somebody when they're training an athlete is to just try to continue to find ways to challenge them. Um, That's not always, as I'm sure a lot of coaches who are listening to this know, that's not always the main premise of what we do. Um, And, you know, I I just don't, I I think that's just a clear indication right off the bat of, like, what the thought process was going into this exercise. That, like, he's simply just trying to do it. He's trying to come up with these, like, circus routines and these harder ways of doing things to make things more, quote-unquote, difficult for the guy, and in the grand scheme of things, the activity itself not taking away anything from from Alvin Kamara because it's amazing that he can do uh, this activity. Like it's not easy to stand on a, a physio or a Swiss ball and balance while catching, um, you know, implements with different colors on them. But at the end of the day, he's an NFL running back and not part of the fucking circus. So um, I would say that it's pretty useless for him. Um, my main rule or my main uh, premise or my main like. Philosophy with a lot of this stuff is that the more advanced athlete and even the beginner athlete, um, you know, as well. They the they don't need the crazy advanced stuff, um, especially with the more advanced guy. Like everyone knows the beginner needs to be progressed accordingly, but a lot of these advanced athletes are at such a point in their career where they're so athletically gifted and so strong that your job is as a trainer who's blessed or as in this guy's case lucky enough to have something like that fall on your lap. Um, your main issue is to not hurt them, to not like make them any worse. You gotta kind of just maintain what they're doing, um, and this does not come across to me as a less is more, like you know, training efficiency or achieving as much as we possibly can. That's effective and transferable to the sport. It just doesn't seem like that to me. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and the research I've done, he is not coming back from a knee injury, a lower body injury, and I'll get I'll get to like you know how these can be used, albeit in a in a better way. Um, and can be done in a better way for those type of situations but as far as I'm concerned, this is something that's being done in a training sense, which is really why I don't like it Um, let me say this, and I'm going to build off this for the rest of the episode Uh, football, basketball, baseball, soccer lacrosse, hockey Um, I can go on and on unless you're in California and Dwayne Johnson's there filming the movie San Andreas and buildings are falling down and the the ground is breaking and sliding all over the place. Um, or you're in the Batman Returns movie where Bane comes and the whole field breaks apart and then the football players running all over the field with like the turf falling from beneath them and then like players are flying down into the abyss. Like Odds are the playing surface isn't going to change. Um, last time I checked, it's not going to be like Hogwarts where the staircases are flying around in circles and moving around and all crazy types of things are happening. Uh, unless the Mercedes Superdome has... Uh, Change its playing surface. I don't think these guys are going to be moving around and swirling around and balancing on things. I'm pretty sure turf doesn't fucking move. So it's like we're on. I think count four now for the f bomb. Expect a lot more of them because I'm pretty fired up about this. Uh, the field does not move. The surface does not move when we're playing team sports. It's the first thing that you need to know off the bat. The surface does not move. Shout-out for the idiot on Twitter about a month and a half ago that told me that I was stupid for saying the surface does not moved because turf, quote-unquote, gives. Um, yeah, I guess you could, like, put your cleat into it, and it'll, like, give a little bit, but it doesn't move. Like, he told me... This guy told me basketball was the only sport where the court doesn't move, where the field doesn't move. So I muted him quickly. I got done with his shit. I wasn't listening to that anymore. Um, my next problem is, and that's, like... If there's one thing I'm going to say the entire episode is that's the most important thing that you can remember. The field does not move. Ingrain it. get it tattooed on your body. Um, post it up on your wall somewhere. Make it your phone background. I don't care what you have to do. The field does not move. Um, I also had a follower of mine that said he was excited to hear my Jersey accent come out for this episode. So I guess he's uh, going to be uh, happy to and enjoy this episode. So... Um, my next beef and my next gripe is using fancy techniques for for likes on social media. I understand social media is becoming more prevalent in training. It's a, a business platform. It's a way to you know market what you do and, and, and uh, increase your notoriety, etc. But to think that that is you know guiding or uh, or or influencing training techniques. Um, You know, just because you want to look good and look cool and get your name out there, you want to attach a fancy exercise to a professional athlete's uh, program just so you look cool. You're gonna get a lot of love and a lot of views from people who don't know any better. But at the end of the day, the people that can you know sort through the bullshit and our trainers, such as myself, uh, a lot of the people that I work with that I'm connected with on social media, um, they're gonna realize that you're gonna see right through it and. You know, all I needed to see from this was the fact that the beginning of the caption was uh, running out of ways to challenge you. It just seems to me that it's just something that's bells and whistles and, and frills are being added to something just to make it seem harder and more challenging when, in fact, the the hardest part of that exercise isn't productive to sport. As I said, the field does not move, um, and, and that's all there is to that. And it just, you know, brings me to my point of the idea that um, – Athletes need to train, quote unquote, balance on unstable surfaces is just ridiculous. Uh, Let me simplify this the best way that I can. The main premise of sports is uh, to improve your force producing ability um, slash efficiency of of uh, inputting force into a stable and unmoving surface. Um, Ultimately, we want to improve that, but along with that, we want to improve the core's ability to stabilize while the extremities move, not the surface. So, key there, I'll rewind that back. The extremities move, the arms, the legs, the feet, right? They're moving, the surface is not moving. The surface puts force on us in a stable, where it, we're, we're putting force into a non-moving surface and that surface is exerting force back on us. The surface is not moving, changing shape, um, you know, dynamic in that sense. It is not moving whatsoever. We need to improve how well we can place force into that stable surface And how well our core can brace our spine while the extremities are putting force or being acted upon by the non-moving surface. To build off that, we want to build strength, we want to build force production, and we want to build the rate of force production, so the rate in which we can produce force. So that includes an athlete's ability to put immense amounts of force into the ground to move themselves, but also the rapid nature or the rate in which they can produce it, right? So... To say this just so the majority of the physical therapy world doesn't hate me, I I get that balance activities are done um, and they're great for proprioception and knee injury and ankle injury. I had an ankle surgery in college. I did a lot of this type of stuff, but never once did I balance on a BOSU ball. First of all, there's easier, better, more effective and safer ways to do it. Um, You know, a simple air pad, uh, something that gives a little bit that forces the athlete to balance. The risk of injury, the risk-reward factor here is another thing. Um, Not to mention the reward's pretty diminished given the fact that he's not in a rehab setting and this isn't going to really transfer that well to him in a team sport where the field does not move. Um, The risk is pretty substantial. Try going and explain to a GM, an NFL GM, that their all-pro running back broke their leg training because they were bouncing around on a ball, looking like they were in the carnival. It makes no sense. And I think what bothers me the most... um, It's just the the lack of responsibility. Uh, Young athletes and coaches who don't know any better see this type of stuff. And you got this guy that just gets immediate credibility. And and listen, I'm not going to say too much about him personally other than this one post because I do not know the gigantic or the, the full scope of what he does. But I do know that in this post it wasn't being done in a rehab setting. And I do know that it was pretty irresponsible to post it Acting as if like this is the ultimate holy grail or the build up point for what training should be. You know, you're, a luck, you're fortunate enough to have a pro athlete come to you for whatever reason. You're doing this crazy stuff. More pro athletes are simply coming to you because you work with one more go to you. That's kind of how it works. It doesn't, really, um, it doesn't really mean you're an excellent top level trainer. It doesn't justify what you do or, or make you any better than anybody else. It just so happens that you have a pro athlete that you're fortunate enough to work with. And ultimately what happens is these kids and these coaches see just because a pro athlete's working with a guy and just because a guy has a lot of followers, they see him doing this type of stuff, and they ultimately think and they automatically think that it's like the holy grail of training. It's the gospel. Um, If another trainer isn't doing it, they're not the top level quote-unquote coach. Um, They're not challenging athletes enough. They don't do fancy enough activity when at the end of the day – like. Have athletes build some strength in their legs. Have athletes be better at producing it as fast as possible. Have them sprint. Have them jump. All the basic movement patterns, things like that. And when an athlete gets to that professional level, ultimately keep them healthy and maintain what they've built so far. And if they're in a position where they need to get a little bit better, you have those more advanced tools that are progressions of the the, the principal stuff that I just mentioned. You don't need to have them balancing on crazy balls. Um... Stability and like I, I just I'll, I'm going to go back to his page again. Um, he posted something more recently, and it's the same athlete. Now he's on his knees on a physio ball, and he's saying it helps teach core activation/engagement with activity in multiple planes of movement. Pretty easy to imagine how this can help in an NFL running back. It's actually not pretty easy to imagine how this could help a running back, because last time I checked, the field what are you teaching him? You're teaching him how to use his core in a sense where it's not needed. I don't understand. How, how, I could imagine a lot of different things that are more effective at t, uh, of uh, you know, helping an NFL running back. It's just like, why are we promoting this as something that like, needs to be done? I don't understand. He's on his knees. He's using his core to balance himself while the surface is moving. Before he can even get the ball, he needs to do all this work to fight against the moving surface. He's never going to do that on the field of play. He's going to fight against his legs moving. He's going to fight against his arms moving. He's going to fight against stimulus coming from another body, another player, right? He's not going to be bracing and stabilizing his core against a moving surface. It's just I, the, the audacity and the arrogance to say that something like this, you can't imagine how this wouldn't benefit a running back. I just gave you 15 reasons why it wouldn't benefit a running back. Like, I don't understand, like, the audacity. I'm going to go Stephen A. Smith here. Blasphemous. To sit here and say that you can't imagine how this wouldn't help an NFL running back? Dude, what, like, what is he trying out for like the circus? I said this in the beginning of the episode. Like, What are we doing? Then you got, uh, let's see, 85 people dropping in on the comments saying, Oh, tag this guy. You should be doing this with your football players. The next thing you know, you got a bunch of high school kids who can't even squat the right way. They have dysfunction here, dysfunction there. They sprint like they're gliding across a ice rink. And you're going to have them bouncing on physio balls, catching medicine balls. That's great. It's wonderful. So, that, like, I'm going to stay away from the page before I have a fucking aneurysm while I'm recording this, because it's just ridiculous. Um, and I guess what I want to get into now is, is actually talking on some good principles of uh, transferability and what is actually sports-specific. Uh, I had a podcast on this a few weeks ago. I can repost it with this one uh, on what sports-specific actually is, why it's a really, really overused uh, phrase and it's a gimmick now in strength training and why you should ultimately leave uh quote unquote sports specific training to the actual stuff that's done on the field with your coach. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you have this guy and, and I guess, you know, granted he's not giving you know, implementing footballs into the activity or anything like that, but like tossing a guy colored sticks for his quote unquote reaction ability. Like I'd rather him go on the turf with his football coach before our session and, you know, run some routes, um, like toss him the ball and, and have him work around some defenders, things like that. Like leave that to a sport coach. You've never coached football. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to ruin, you know, potentially ruin, um, you know, range of motion or performance levels of these activities that you're not really an expert on coaching. I can go on and on, right? So I mentioned transferability. Uh, I have talked a lot about Yuri Verkashansky and uh, my affinity for him. And he has a principle of dynamic correspondence. And the principle of dynamic correspondence is just basically a term um, that refers to the, an exercise or a training program and its ability to uh, directly affect an athlete's sporting performance. So essentially, we have sport-specific, which I said should be left towards the field, and then we have general strength training or general physical preparation. So the dynamic of correspond, the dynamic, yeah, of correspond. The principle, sorry, excuse me. The principle of dynamic correspondence essentially says how well can we stay in the realm of GPP, general physical preparation, in the weight room or with speed training and using a certain list of principles, how can we make sure that this training corresponds to the sport that the athlete plays, right? So, simply put... Um, there are a couple categories we look for when it comes to general physical preparation training in terms of how it corresponds or how it transfers its transferability to the sport. Things we look at. We have load, we have intensity, we have duration, um, frequency, and we have plane of motion. So think load uh, as, you know, if you have um, players that are performing in ballistic sports, like they're, you know, a baseball player and they're pitching or they're throwing – um, you know, or there really any team sport athlete for any uh, sport, basically moving fast is part of the goal. You can't just simply have them do strength work; like they need to, you know, gain proficiency in moving lighter loads faster. The, the speed of the movement has to be faster, etc. Intensity, um, intensity, and duration. I'm going to put together and frequency as well. Um, a lot of that ties into what energy systems are primarily used in the sport. So anaerobic, aerobic. Um, You know, lactic, a lactic. Are we looking at sports where the athlete is putting on a substantial burst for a short amount of time and getting full recovery? Are we looking at some other sports where um, they're going to need to build some lactic power and be able to put, you know, as much force as possible or much uh, and maintain as much of their max output while they're fatigued? Look at those type of factors. So that's really looking at a lot of the energy system uh, type stuff. You know, are you having them perform 20 squats for a minute and a half, which might not be as beneficial to them as uh, four or five squats at a lower percentage where they're trying to move the bar as fast as possible? Um, are they performing short sprints, working at max speed and getting a full rest? Or is it better off for them to uh, run a little bit longer of a sprint with a little bit less rest? Like so Those are the type of things you need to look at. Um, the, one of the most important ones that I'm going to get to right now is, is the plane of motion So that's saying you know, is it an athlete that needs to get proficiency Laterally or in the frontal plane Are you training an athlete uh, In a rotational sport Such as baseball um, Like a hockey slap shot or a hockey shot Lacrosse, a shot in lacrosse etc um, What planes of motion are really Emphasized in the sport and what should you be focusing Most on in the training to make sure that you're Hitting those areas right? So with that being said the two biggest keys we're looking for, I guess we could say three now, um, you're looking to improve your force output ability, your overall force output ability, and your rate of force output, your rate of force development into a stable non-moving surface. You're looking to improve your core's ability to brace your spine, and stabilize your spine while your extremities are moving, so your arms and legs move, or get acted upon by another athlete, not the surface. the surface is not what's putting force onto us in a non unstable way. The surface is stable. We need to get athletes better at re- at interacting with a stable unmoving surface to ensure that their training matches up the best with their sport so not only does the field not move it's not beneficial to have athletes training on an unmoving surface, it's actually detrimental because you're getting them used to um, using their body in a way you know, that they're not going to be using it in the field of play and essentially you know, conditioning them to, to learn movement and patterns that they're not going to see in the field of play. So you've really greatly diminished the transferability of your training if that's a main premise of what you do. Um, something, and that's again, so this is just kind of popped into my head, Um, If that's the main premise Some people kind of You know Went on their little rant about this Saying how you can't look at this as like this is all the guy does It's a snapshot of what he does But if you go to his page You see a lot of it Um, You know the the prehab guys I'm sure a lot of you know who they are They posted about it Um, And it really disappointed me Because they're an account that I look to on social media They're very very smart people And they post a lot of good stuff And it's just you have to be careful. For like I said, we had a nice little Twitter discussion too. We actually had a really great discussion. It was um, it was it was civil and everything because I expressed my um, I expressed my concern or my uh, my anger, I guess, at the time that they were posting about this activity, saying like we don't know what else he's doing. It could be beneficial in this way. Maybe this. Maybe that. And I think it's just irresponsible to say. Uh, that this could be useful in anything other than a rehab setting. Um, so I don't really even care Like if that's a super, super small part of what you do as a strength coach. I don't think it has any room in your training as a primary activity. Like the only time I really utilize unstable surfaces, Might be for like accessory use of an upper body. Like I'm never trying to get an athlete condition to balancing or or stabilizing against an unmoving surface. They're just never going to do it. So I disagree greatly and I do understand where they're coming from that they're not simply validating the practice or just saying like a lot of people um, are in uproar over this video particularly and a lot of them are assuming that it's like what they do for their entire body of training. But in my opinion, and I I get where they're coming from, in my opinion though... Even the slightest bit of this done in trend training, it, there's no room for it. There's no need for it, and I think it just takes away from other things that can be done that are more beneficial uh, to the athlete. And I guess the one thing I could say to kind of you know summarize this and put a, like a, a, a bow tie on it, bow tie, put a bow on it, um, and and a snapshot for my overall feelings on this is just leave sports on the field. I think the more trainers try to uh, bring sports into the feet, into the weight room or the training and it's not done in that, you know, principle of dynamic correspondence way where it's you're not just focusing on like the load, intensity, duration and plane of motion and things get too specific or things are tried things are done in a sense to mimic the sport too much. I think that's ultimately when we get in trouble. Um things get fancy for the point of being fancy. It becomes how much can I make this look like the sport so it looks like it's, you know, good. The average person these days they think that the strength training itself needs to look exactly like the sport. So it's like their mindset is, oh, strength training is basically putting resistance on the exact same activity we perform in the field. You don't want to do that. I've had episodes on this. I've written articles on it. Um, there's so many things you can do wrong in that sense that can really adversely affect the athlete. Uh, a really simple one is putting you know, resistance on a, a sport-specific activity like a throw or a shot or, or anything of that nature. And you're not really in tune with what the mechanics of that movement need to be because you're not an expert in it. And you can really ruin the form. Um, You can limit the range of motion in a way that's detrimental to the activity, etc. So I, I think ultimately leave sport to the field and stop using unstable surfaces. First of all, absolutely do not put weight on an unstable surface. You're looking for a recipe for disaster. But in general, unless you're using it to... You know, get back from an injury. I don't think it's really necessary. Um, you know, get the athletes better at accepting, putting in force, and um, being as efficient and as rapid as they can with their force as possible to a stable surface, while working the core to stabilize and brace the spine. Um, while the is moving, not the surface itself. So don't you know put someone on an unstable surface and say it's working their core. Yeah, like they're using their core to stabilize against that, but you're conditioning them to use their core for something it's never gonna need to do, when in fact, you're better off conditioning their core to be used on, against the stable surface while the body is moving. So, rant over officially, I could take a nice deep breath here, have some water, my mouth's kinda dry. Um, going forward, I have some really great guests that I'm excited to have on. Uh, This week I will be recording an episode with Jason Spray Um, We're actually going to be talking a little bit more about the topic I spoke on today Uh, Jason works with a couple NFL athletes Um, You know, he's just a really knowledgeable person, uh, knowledgeable trainer Uh, We've been, you know, following and connected with each other um, You know, for for the last several months, like six months maybe And I love his stuff, we've interacted a lot I'm excited to have him on Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about his experience with uh, his pro athletes, what that's all about, uh, his rise in the industry, like how he got his start, and then I also want to touch on uh, all of his core training philosophies, preferences, styles, etc. We for sure agree on what I just talked about, Uh, so it's going to be nice to be able to expand on it with him, so I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be dropping Friday. The week after, uh, I have the pleasure of having Kyle Rogers, the head strength coach at Driveline. Uh, he's going to be coming on And that's a great episode Talking about what we're looking for uh, When training baseball players uh, His experience working with pro baseball players um, How he got started with Driveline And, and, and kind of uh, the road that led him to being a trainer We share a similar story About how neither of us went to school Particularly for training And we kind of just got into it on our own So I want to pick his brain on that And see you know what pushed him to the field And, and how he um, grew his name And he's grown You know Uh, His ability to train and Stuff like that So I'm really excited To have him on That will be The following week And that will also uh, Be live And drop on a Friday And then the week Either the week of the 6th Or the week of the 13th I will be having Ryan McGee on Ryan is The uh, Head of Recruiting uh, Coordination For uh, Gamers Baseball Academy And Untamed Baseball Who I work with Uh, He has a steady hand In helping All of our athletes uh, Get to the next level Play college baseball. Um, I'm really, you know, I've been wanting to have him on for a while. We're going to talk all things recruiting, uh, what coaches are looking for, you know, for athletes they're bringing to the next level, and a lot of stuff on like what athletes should focus on uh, if they're looking to play college baseball. So um, if you're a a high school athlete or just a parent who's looking for some advice on the recruiting scene, uh, that's going to be a really good one. So I'm excited to have those three guys on. I'm also excited going forward, we're going to have a lot more guests going forward. Um, I, I really think we've done a good job of, of growing this podcast, getting to get a base uh, where this is six, episode 16, so we're 16 episodes in. Um, I'm really excited about that, and I think now that I've kind of you know increased the viewership a little bit, gotten gotten this on the uh, off the ground, and you know have the wheels are starting to move, I really think it's a great time to now start moving into the realm of having more guests on. So uh, I have a lot of nice connections on Twitter that I'm excited about for you guys. I can get some great people on for you to hear from. Uh, and I think it's going to just be uh, nice going forward to get some new perspectives on a bunch of different sports, a bunch of different topics. So uh, look for that. And we're also going to start pushing out some more business-related episodes, too, for those who are interested. So, again, thank you for listening. Look forward to uh, talking to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Muscles and Management podcast brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jerry E. Filippo, helping you build your body and your business.